Have you seen the Gobama? Mm? Oof, that thing is sick. I mean, it looks just like him. People care about that shit. Face is important. You think so? Yeah. Faces change, you know? But not the heart. Stefan things. Is it Sense8? Yes. Yep, it's Sense8. Okay. 100% Sense8. Yeah. Boom. Uh, yeah, what are what are we talking about today for Sense8? Well, today we're talking about Sense8 Christmas special, also known as Sense8 Series 2 Episode 1, mm-hmm. also known as... Happy fucking New Year. But only later. It was not yes. originally called that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, the Season 1 came out in... June of 2015, and then uh, we had to wait until the Christmas special, as it was advertised, of December 2016, and it was a two-hour special. So we're gonna try real hard to make this episode as you know streamlined as possible, but we have to keep in mind that there is two hours of content that we have to go through. So we're gonna try our best. But, uh, yeah, so this is the Christmas special, and then um, by the time season two came out, and uh, it was May of 2017, um, since it is released on Netflix, they just kind of combined the Christmas special into season two, since it's so long, um, so it kind of is treated like one episode, so if you were to go into the streaming service, it does say season two, episode one. It was also probably written at the same time yes i don't know when that decision was made maybe yeah. when they realized it wouldn't be done by the end of the year yeah or something but although there are some differences because like the christmas special takes place over a long period of time uh whereas the rest of the season is more like season one mm-hmm. um on the other hand all the stuff it sets up and the whole general vibe is very season two so yes it's just like a very long slightly scene setting premiere mm-hmm. compared to the more normal episodes that follow. Yeah. And as we will discuss later, the series finale has also been uh, is referred to as season 2 episode 12. Is it really? Um yeah, on Netflix. No way. So, it's kind Weird. of works out because uh, season 2 was well, we had the Christmas special, there were 10 episodes in season 2 and then there was the finale. And now it just looks like there's 12, which is exactly as many as season one had. Mm-hmm. So, but they're you know. special. It, it, essentially, if you were to look at season two, as like it's bookended by like two hour yeah. plus specials. A big premiere and a big finale. Yep. So, anywho, I guess we should probably dive in <laughs> yes. to this two hours. Let's, let's see what we can I do. I want to start with some non... What's the word? <laughs> Non-diegetic does not work for this, I don't think. What? behind-the-scenes-based yes, discussion. Yes, we should do this. Three important things mm. to be discussed. Uh, number one is the death of Kavya's 1.0. Yes. He's probably fine. He's, he's somewhere. He's not actually dead, yes. by the way. The actor is not dead. No, we he's, should probably he's good. clarify that. It's he a metaphorical fine. death. Yes. He has been recast. Kavya's has been recast. Uh, well, what was the original guy's name? Uh, I don't know how to say it, actually. A- Amel... Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. who is replaced by Toby. I also don't know how to say it. <laughs> on, on Mary or Toby on Mormere. 
or on Mamere, something like that. Sorry. Well, I'm sorry, you know. I read these things. I don't yes. talk to people about them. Um, and we can discuss that. There are some other differences mm-hmm. between them besides the obvious. One not has being the same person thing. Oh, I was going to say their ears. <laughs> yeah. Um, but quickly to go through the others first. Also, uh, Lily Wachowski was no longer involved directly. Yes. I believe that she uh, helped in the planning stages of mm-hmm. the Christmas special in Series 2. But after that, gone. Yep. Uh, and then later on was not involved at all, I don't think, with the uh, last episode. Yeah. yeah. And the third important thing is that uh, Rajan's hair is gone. Yeah. Oh, my which, God. That's you know, really what we should be talking about. We'll get to that. Yeah. But uh, I think we should first talk about anything we might want to say about this recasting situation. Yeah. So uh, from what we've gathered, uh, there's there's not that much information explicitly why he was recast. There's a yeah. lot of rumors. So we don't want to speak to that too much because we just, I mean, there's not a lot of solid information out there. Disagreements is yes. the best thing yes. to say. Creative differences, I think, is the overall um, I yeah. guess reason well, for it. But I don't remember the source of all the information. Yeah, so we don't really want to you know, spread any rumors, because obviously we weren't there. The only thing I've heard that I would say, because it sounds like, I don't remember where I heard it, but it sounded very plausible, mm. was that uh, when they got together to do the Christmas special first, the read-through, yeah. Uh, there was some sort of disagreements between um, Emil, Amin, and Lana, and it just got worse when they started making the rest of them. Yes. Uh, or when they got into production, I should say, because yeah. they were working on the special when it happened. Uh, and so at some point, the decision was made that by someone, I don't know him or them, <laughs> that they would separate ways. Yes. And as a result, I believe they had already filmed a few of the locations for the Christmas special. They had to go back mm-hmm. to a few of them. Yeah, they had to do. They had to reshoot some of this because he did film scenes, and then you know they 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 put the money in because the scenes with Kavias are still, you know, they're on location where they should be. Yeah. He's he's there and oh my gosh, I forgot. What? Where does he live again? He lives in uh he lives in Kenya. He lives in Nairobi. Yeah, he lives in Nairobi. That's yeah. what I meant. Um, but there are some scenes I know where they used a body double because there was a brief period where they didn't have original coffeeists. They also didn't have new coffeeists yet. Yeah. And I don't, I can't really tell. You can't really Um, tell. These are all in like party scenes, I think, when everything's moving too quick to be able to see. But I understand that, for example, during the party scenes in uh, Italy, Mm. the coffeeist double is there. Apparently, if you want to try to find him. Yeah. Um, there's some stuff like that in the, the series finale as well, but yes. I did catch some of that. Yeah. This is pretty well hidden, I think. I think so. I think, um, yeah, we found out after season one that, because there was such a, a big gap between one and two. It must have been ugh, the th- next year. Yeah, we, we learned about it, and I remember being kind of disappointed, but also like, well, hey, you know... Uh, we don't know the circumstances behind it and everybody who's still involved in the project moving forward feels like it's a really good idea yeah um and so going into this one we were a little nervous but i mean also kind of excited to be like all right let's see how they how they work with this it was helped i think by the fact that this was this two-hour christmas special and it felt like there's going to be so much going on uh worried about this coffeeist thing but 
it's probably going to be hard to even pay attention to that among whatever else is going on in two full hours. Yes. And I hate recasting. Um, so this was difficult for me. I remember the feeling was basically like, this show no longer has a chance to be perfect, you know. I won't be able to think about it without thinking about that. Mm. However, I was quickly won over, actually. Um, I think it's cute what they do with it, and in the end, they do a good job conveying what they try to explicitly say as well, that he's still copyist to them, you know, he's still written as copyist. They have no interest in changing how copyist is because... It's a different person. Yeah, now. I mean, it's a fun like it's literally his first solo scene. They yeah. they have an, uh, a fun meta commentary discussion on like new faces and all that stuff between uh, Coffeeus and Jello while they're trying to fix the Van Dam. And essentially, what it comes down to is like faces are important, but the spirit is more important, and yeah. that's what matters. I think sometimes when recasting is done, mm. this isn't ideal, but it seems to happen. Uh, whoever the new person is they just kind of write more to them mm-hmm. and it really ends up feeling like here are two versions of the character right this feels like two versions of the character because it's two actors yeah but it never feels to me like they're like right it's time to write a different coffeeist yeah uh maybe it would have felt like that if it had gone on and on and they had really decided oh here are the actor's strengths we want to play to or something mm-hmm. but as far as season two goes you know this was all planned with original caveats in mind it certainly doesn't feel in any way like yeah the recasting has changed anything i was gonna say i would imagine if anything the only thing that they've really had to change is they had to include that scene where they're talking about how faces change yeah and i would guess um i think there are perhaps a few scenes in the christmas special that aren't in it anymore yes uh coffee is really i mean he surprisingly gets some pretty memorable good stuff there despite the recasting yeah. but i think probably he would have been in it more yes uh i don't know what he would have been doing but yeah a little more i uh I, this is gonna sound really awful but um i remember we were talking about this when the recasting got announced where out of all of the sensate characters you never i mean it is not to take away from toby he is fantastic i really love him as coffeeist i think he works perfectly for what they need him to do mm-hmm. in season two just like i think that I'm all for season one. It works perfectly for what they need him to do in season one. Um, so I think all in all, this is as best possible recasting as you can get. Yeah. And to go off of that, I remember we were talking about, like, out of all the Sensate characters, he would probably be the easiest one to recast because if you kind of look back at season one, he doesn't have... Um, as much of a, like a story as the rest of them obviously he has some really cool like set pieces big action set pieces but in terms of like where that leaves him at the end of season one it's not like he's really on a cliffhanger oh yeah like and he, so he it's is like, in danger and now he's not and now he's not yeah. so it doesn't feel like we're in the middle of an action scene and they've literally tapped out the actor you no, know what, what, I mean? what he does in season two is really sort of like here is where the prologue of your story has now led you to. Yes. Um, yeah. Because, spoilers, like we talked about at the end of season one, he's not going to really get another major action scene within his own contained story. It's mm-hmm. going to be more of, like, a, literally a political story. Um, so... I think uh, also 
but really the most important thing is just that he seems to have good chemistry with all the other sensates. Yes. Uh, and that makes you want to accept him, and not just them, but um, with uh, his buddy Jella, mm-hmm. who is very important to the transition. Yes. I think. Uh, I don't know. He just acts the same. He makes you feel like he's still talking to Kafius. So you believe that he is, basically. Yeah. So other than that, I think it's pretty obvious that this Kafius is a lot bigger than the little Kafius. A little bit. That's one of the only things that might throw you off. (laughs) He's definitely a more physical actor in general. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's the kind of thing I think you just have to forgive and go with. Because it's not you have, thing. you know, you, you want him to play Kafius, but you don't want to make him try to recreate the previous performance. Yeah, you, know? you don't want to mimic an entire season's well, worth performance, especially when you're not doing the same storyline. I think he tries to replicate the uh, moods of Kafius, mm-hmm. but through how he would do it, basically. Yes. Kafius is like the most, sometimes the most, you know, optimistic, happy sensei, mm-hmm. and then can be very still and serious other times and yes. like his manner of being joyful mm-hmm. is not quite the same it's a little more exuberant yes. uh, and physically than original coffee is mm-hmm. but it still feels like how coffee is supposed to be mm-hmm. and when he shifts to the other mood it's much like how the original coffee is would even if the way both of these moods are expressed isn't the same yeah also he has really small ears <laughs> he does but he's very pretty. <laughs> I think oh, and I think he's now like the tallest sensei. Yeah, he I think so. He was definitely one of the shortest he was before. definitely at this, the shorter end of the spectrum there. But yeah, I would agree. He got jealous saying like, I don't know, you're not a martial arts expert. And I'm like, I don't know, New Coffee looks pretty buff. Yeah, so. I was going to say. But uh, yeah, I think that's kind of all we need to say about this going from yeah. here forward. I mean, we, I think it's one thing to spend all your time speculating like, why they recast and watching season two kind of being on the lookout for like oh what made this decision happen was it because of this storyline or this scene or this or that and as you know fun as it is to go down that rabbit hole I think it kind of doesn't do any service to the the series as a whole Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of like maybe you're focusing on the wrong thing because of course like behind the scenes stuff we find really interesting as well but when there's not you know official information out there I think you know it's fun to discuss what maybe could have happened but I also think it it overall will take away from the important stuff so Mm -hmm. I guess that is all I wanted to say is like from here forward I think Kafias is Kafias you know so yeah. You don't have to keep readdressing the the recasting. I mean, like, well, how do you think the original Gavius would have played this scene? Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't really matter because the story is still getting told and they're still getting it done in a way that they see fit. So, well, to just briefly call back to the other production change. Yes. I don't think there's that much that needs to be said about uh, Lily Wachowski not being there because, to be honest, it it doesn't feel much different. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think we can tell from this that. The Wachowskis always must have had a really symbiotic thing going because yeah. even when one of them's gone, you know, it still feels exactly like you'd expect it to. Yeah, and I think that's something that they've actually addressed in a lot of behind the scenes stuff, not just for Sense Eight, but other projects that they've worked on. Like cast and crew members are always commenting on how, like, you know, they're kind of 
obviously they are different people, mm. but in terms of their working relationship, they're very kind of one of the same like-minded bounce ideas off of each other. They're always kind of on the same frequency. Yeah. Um, and so for one of them to leave, uh, I think, I know like some people were like, oh, maybe we'll be able to tell now that. Who brings what? Yeah, who brings what to yeah. the table, which is silly because it's a collaborative process anyway, and it's not like they're the only yeah. ones working on the show. Um, I think I remember reading somewhere that like, um, and this could be wrong, but I will try and find the article because I want to keep this as fact-based as possible Mm -hmm. moving into season two. But obviously they do have like a bunch of uh, people like brain trust working on ideas for the season. And then when they write scripts, Mm -hmm. they'll write out their version and then switch it with the other creator and he'll write out that. So it's like, it's a very collaborative. So even though you have some people saying like, oh yeah, this person gets this credit for this episode. Yeah. Um, the fact that everybody kind of has a say and their hands in it. Yeah. Well, it's the kind of show also just because of all the locations and yeah. things where someone has to get credited for each specific bit. But the truth is that, you know, most of the people worked on all of it. Yeah. Um, so I think that being said, kind of similar to the recasting, it, I guess you could try and, and go through season two and nitpick and be like, mm-hmm. oh, maybe this is this feels different because Lily wasn't <laughs> That's there. That's always great to have uh, one thing you can blame anything you don't like on. True. But uh, I also feel like it kind of, again, isn't really the point of the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's good to address and be like, Here, here's what's going on going yeah. into season two. Um, obviously, it does have somewhat of an effect Mm -hmm. but not one in terms of you know storytelling they still get a story out there and they get it done it's just kind of like an interesting fact well obviously it must have been harder for Lana yeah she still had J. Michael there yep still had pretty much everyone else who was involved in season two and Mm -hmm. it sounds like uh, a few new people Mm -hmm. we can also talk about when we get to the series finale because there have actually been a few articles that I've read about the series finale that very clearly outline how it was made. Yeah. So it, that's very definitive information. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. But, but I will say that David Mitchell, the author of Cloud Atlas, mm-hmm. uh, was credited as a consulting person on a few of season two bits. Yeah. And uh, that's just one of, I think, a few other people that sort of helped out more with season two. Mm-hmm. I think really this is mostly just notable because uh, the Wachowskis, yeah, they've never before. done anything. They're they're a group entity. Yes. And um, it's kind of interesting, and I'm interested myself in whether there will be more of this happening now. Yeah. Uh, because it kind of feels like they should be together, but we've seen now that it's not a disastrous thing if they aren't. I yeah. guess. Agreed. And again, I think the way they they work on projects, it's so collaborative with people who aren't just them Mm -hmm. that, like we said, it's not too massive of a change. Yeah, they have a whole thing now, a whole other group of people and a vibe and a way they make things. And taking one person out of it doesn't doesn't make it collapse, basically. Right, which I think is also a testament to how good of collaborators they are. Mm -hmm. It's not like this end-all be-all decision-making has to be decided by one person in order for it to completely work like it doesn't like you said fall apart just because Mm. one person is no longer there um but it is interesting to see like you said down down the line if they will work together Mm. again i guess it should be important to note that it's not 
because they had like a personal fallout or anything with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, we don't want to go on and speculate exactly like if Lily will return to filmmaking or not. I mean, the way it was, I think, I don't remember if there was anything official. Yeah. But it was um, conveyed to people generally as Lily is taking personal time off, essentially. Yes. Um, which to me indicates, you know, she was just going along planning to keep going like normal with season one mm-hmm. until she didn't. It's not like this was a long-term plan or anything. Yes. So, um, and I would imagine with the series finale, mm. too, like, where it sounds like they just scrambled together as fast as they could to make it. Yeah. Um, who could help was also just based on who was available yeah. at that moment. But we probably talked... Enough about the behind Let's the scenes leading stuff. Let's talk about Rajan's hair, guys. Oh, oh, we'll get to Rajan's hair <laughs> in good time. I was thinking we should just dive in, uh, finish, and talk about what Kavias does because we already talked so much about him. We yes. should just start with him. Okay, let's so do y- it. So you talked about his opening scene, but you could talk a yes. little more about uh, the. Yeah, this one's gonna be tricky. <laughs> like I said, moving forward after season one, you have a lot of people who are intersecting now, so it is a little bit hard to do like solo characters. So I, I think moving forward, the best thing we've got going for us is we will try and explain what is going on with them, like individually as much as possible, and then save all of the other more big group interactions for kind of like the end discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, Because it is a wee bit tricky. (laughs) But uh, especially in this episode, because it is two hours long. Although they are mostly separated, I think. Mostly, yeah. It's a pretty big distinction in this one between big group scenes and individual scenes. I think because it is season two. Yeah. It's a Christmas special, but, you know, a lot of this episode is basically... Well, we all came to a moment in our arcs last year. So now it's time to build up again. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh... Yeah, he has a fun little chat with uh, Jella about new faces because, uh, you know, there's another bus there that they're, you know, has Obama on it. And they're talking about, they're like, oh, yeah, but I, I bet they used Hope Obama and not like yeah, current day because Obama. Because it's about the spirit of Obama, yes. not what he looks like, literally. Yeah. Um, so they are trying to fix up the Van Dam. And uh, as they're pulling out more and more bullet holes, <laughs> Jella's like, dude, I love you. I think you're you're great at you have certain skill sets that you're wonderful at, but you are not a martial arts expert. Mm-hmm. How the hell did you get out of this situation? While they're having like the first half of this conversation, you cannot see Kavya's face, by the way. Uh, yeah, the when they're having the face conversation, yeah, he's, he's the all later shadowed. Yeah, and um, then they have like a reveal with him. Well, I think he comes out. You know, he even this made more explicit. First, it's like oh metaphor about the Obama bus. Yes. And then he appears and it's literally like, your face is different. Yeah. Because you do kind of have to at least once explicitly acknowledge it. Yeah. And then know. move on. So he says what? New new barbershop. Like barber <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think it's pretty clever. Not just Jella, but the next scene, the one you're talking about, mm. where he tells Jella about Sun. Yeah. It once again immediately establishes this Kafias with Son. Uh, son, who he already has a relationship with. Yeah. And from her reaction to him, once again, you're like, that's Kafias. Yes. I think it's a, yeah, everybody he bounces off with so nicely in this episode. It doesn't feel like a new relationship mm-hmm. uh, by looking back at season one. 
because he's he's very like he's talking to Jill and he's like I don't know how to explain it but I'm gonna try and he basically says like I'm connected to this woman in Korea (laughs) and she's a businesswoman and he's like very proud of her and just very excited to be connected to her and she shows up and they have a nice little moment where uh, he's like I don't know how this works or why it works but um i'm forever grateful that it does so it's a really sweet moment between Mm -hmm. them and it's also kind of an important scene because you know it kind of sets up the idea that um at least with some sensates they are going to quote unquote start sharing their secret with other people who didn't already previously know in season one um and i really appreciate that jill is like okay i get it i mean i kind of get it i don't think he literally understands it but he's just like, okay, sure. Well, he knows that what happened is bizarre enough. Yes. That there what? is no explanation could normally be given that would answer it properly. Right. So obviously, Kavius has to be telling the truth, mm-hmm. at least mostly. Or at least what he believes to be the truth. Yeah. And so Joel's like, cool, I'll He's go the alternative that. is Kavius did all this himself, which yeah. obviously he didn't. He did not do. Yeah. yeah. So uh, they're essentially working on the Van Dam and tragedy strikes. <laughs> they started up and hilarious they're very tragedy. excited. Hilarious tragedy, but tragedy nonetheless. Where they they think they fixed it, they started up, it's kind of working, and then it's totally not working. <laughs> and then they get to have their big action moment where they literally have to run away from the van, and it explodes. It's very sad, and it's like cool guys looking at explosions, <laughs> like leap of faith they into look the air so away. Cool great um but it is kind of like oh we've lost a friend (laughs) you know but i think it's a again it's a nice note because it's just like there are consequences from season one that bleed into season two obviously this is a slightly smaller consequence but it's like yeah i mean you ended in like a bullet riddled shootout Mm -hmm. at the end of one i don't know how this bus made it and it's like oh well it, it really actually didn't so um then they, they do the birthday celebration. He gets a better van. And he gets a better van from Silas Kabaka as a, an overall thank you for mm-hmm. saving my life. And he's immediately like, sir, I can't accept this, as he did again in season one. And Kabaka's like, ah, uh, no, this this is just a small token of my appreciation. <laughs> and even though it's a really nice moment because you get a new pimped out Van Damme that actually has like a movie screen that shows Van Damme to people on the bus ride it's playing Lionheart I'm just saying very exciting um it is like a little thing to kind of keep in the back of your head that like oh yeah Silas Kabaka now feels like he's in debt to Kafius and although that's nice because he's getting some nice things yeah. out of it it's also like that might not be like that might be more of a burden than a help well that's and that's like the last big thing really for yeah. Kafius the rest of it is kind of like little set up because he talks a little bit too yeah, he comes home yeah. one day after the uh, birthday party. And again, it takes place from uh, the whole episode. Obviously, they're they're born on August 8th. So yeah. it's around that time, and then it ends all the way till New Year's. Yeah, it's 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 around... Um, so it's like a... It's like June, July to um, yeah. New Year's. Because Will's been gone for four months. Um, By Thanksgiving. At like the end of October and November, yeah. Yeah. So... Anywho, um, so that's about the time frame we're working with within these two hours. And somewhere after his birthday, he comes home and he sees like a really nice car outside of his mm-hmm. house. And he sees that, you know, Kabaka's having dinner with his mom. I'm not sure. It was a Moondi there. She was there remember. for his birthday party, which was, I got like oddly excited. I was like, a Moondi's mm-hmm. back. Um, 
but his mom is going on about how, you know, Kabaka's going to, he's looking into building, like, a medical clinic mm-hmm. in their area. He wants to try and, like, initiate better change, cleaner health coverage and all that jazz. And Coffee's is kind of like, oh, yeah, that's also a really good location for you to, like, run your drugs and your money and your business, your legal business. Mm-hmm. And Kabaka's like, I totally understand why you think that, but can't a man change? And it's just one of those, it's like a, a kind of a balancing act of, like, yeah you're doing really nice things for me, Mr. Kabaka, but, like, I know what your your capacity is for violence. You're capable of this. And so I appreciate that you're trying to change, but also I understand that, like, you know, you machete people's hands off, so... Yeah, it's like a reintroduction a little bit to their new dynamic. Yeah. And what's interesting, I think, is that it basically it sticks, Yeah. Um, as far as I can remember. Mm-hmm. And... In general, this happens to Kavias, but also to some of the other characters. There are people that come back in season two. Yes. Um, and you kind of expect them to play similar roles as they did before, but the show tries to commit to having them be different. Mm-hmm. Like when he says, do you not think a man can change? I think the default reaction would be uh, probably not you Yeah. from the viewer and Kavias. Yeah. And yet the show ends up saying, well, looks like he did. And, of course, if you look back at what happened to him at the end of the first season, it's like, well, that's not exactly implausible. Yeah. It was kind of traumatizing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you just assume that his job is to be the villain forever. So you, yeah. you don't believe it right away. Yeah. Uh, I think it's also uh, important to point out that... Uh, this, although this is like obviously a Christmas special, it, it does a nice job of, like you said, reintroducing characters, but also setting up new plot points for season two. So there's one part where once they get the new bus, mm-hmm. uh, him and Jella are driving it around. They're doing their bus route, and it's the last stop, end of the line. And there's like a couple people that stay on the bus, and they're like, "What are you doing? Like this is this is the last stop." And they're just like, "Oh, we just love riding with you. We're <laughs> hoping like the spirit of Jean Claude like blesses us as yeah. well." So it's kind of an indication that like they're like, "We hope to have courage like you did." Yeah. Um, well, that Kavias has a cult of personality now. Yes, and he's he's whether he's intentionally doing it or yeah. not, he is very capable of inspiring people. Mm-hmm. And that is something that, again, will be explored more throughout season two yep. with a potential political career. So it's a nice brief scene that kind of re- like reminds us of like, oh yeah, you know, he really did these crazy things, even though it's totally sun. Um, but it's effect, it has consequences. Yeah. So uh, that's pretty much it for it's him, obvious, I yeah. believe. Uh, not much else uh, for him. Why and so who else do we, we jump to Sun yeah. since she was mentioned yeah. in relation to Kavias? There's a lot going on with this lady. Um, yeah, Sun has basically a, a hard year. Yeah, she's been in solitude. Yeah. Uh, for her solitary, I should say, for a bit now. Uh, she's kind of you know Sarah Connoring it up. She's mm-hmm. training. She uh, meets with one lawyer who seems nice. Seems very nice but is not her lawyer from season mm-hmm. one. And she's like, where is he? And he's like, uh, there was apparently a conflict of inf- interest, so I'm your new lawyer, but I think we can do this. It's a little tricky because the court rejected your appeal. Um, they, so you, we can't really essentially, we're in limbo right now because you can't get a retrial because there's no way to verify your father's testimony, mm-hmm. obviously because he's dead. So um, the the new lawyer is trying to, 
figure out a way around the system to be like, I think I want to subpoena your brother. I think I can prove that, you know, it's him that is, that was the one embezzling, not you. Yeah. And she's like, stay away from my brother, which is very good advice, by the way. But not only because uh, that will keep this new lawyer out of danger, but also uh, she wants her brother... For herself. For herself. She wants him accessible. So by the time she does get out of jail, she can get him. So then basically the next time Sun is brought out of solitary, it's to talk with the whole new group of people. Yeah. Who tell her that her new, new lawyer is no longer her lawyer. Yes. And it's a great, it's a, it's a fun four person sense eight moment where she goes into the room and you immediately have like Nomi, uh, Will shows up and is like, these guys aren't cops. Nomi shows up and she's like, the security camera's down. Leto shows up and he's just like, these guys are terrible liars. (laughs) And then Wolfgang shows up and he's like, they're totally killers. (laughs) So it's just kind of a fun moment to see like, oh yeah, we're definitely going to be having more interactions. Mm -hmm. Um, So like the thrill of getting, you know, four sense eights in a room or five technically at the end of last season was like oh my god such a thrill there's so so much build up it's like nope you're getting these right off the bat it's not like a big party scene it's actually they are there to help her mm-hmm. and they do Lido taps in to stall and kind of lie to the guys being like I know that your brother my brother sent you guys how much is he offering you because they've essentially been sent to kill her obviously <laughs> um, and then uh, that gets them kind of bickering enough amongst themselves that Will can get her out of the handcuffs and she can beat the shit out of Do them. Do her with something. Help. Yeah. And then she does that fight scene and then everybody is there in the cell and they're, she's like, thank you. Copyist thinks it was really cool. Yeah, of course. Which is like, very predictable copyist yep. behavior. And then Riley is like, of course, like that's what family's for. Um, she keeps getting visits from her cellmates. Uh, she gets a nice little birthday present from mm. Sujin, I think. And it's a nice little drawing of her dog. And sort of a little Christmassy like visit. Like a little candy. Yeah, and they basically tell her also around that time, if you could just, you know, stay calm quiet and, and calm for fight. a little bit, they'll let you out. Otherwise, we think you're yeah. going to be here forever. So at the end of the special, maybe it is on New Year's exactly, I don't know. She Or was it on the Christmas montage? I can't remember. I think. Yeah, it's the Christmas month. She she gets to come back to her cell with her uh, three Cellmates. cell woman friends. Yes. And I think this is interesting because this is a particular way in which this is slightly marked out as a special and not as just the first episode of season two. Yeah. Because she is going to escape prison mm-hmm. in either like the second episode, I think, of yeah. season two. Or I should say now the third. We'll have to decide how we want we'll to do decide, that. decide, yeah. But um, obviously... That happens, like, right after this whole big thing where she's trying to get back to herself, finally. Yeah. And, you know, you could probably say it would be more unlikely for her to escape if she wasn't back in her normal cell. Yeah. But really, it's like this This exists more in the form of a special because this is like a check-in with Sun mm-hmm. after season one, a long time after. Yeah. This is what she's been doing. Oh, she's finally back, you know, after this big year. And then there was another wait. And then season two started, and I was like, okay, now we know that Sun has been happily back in the main area for a while. Yeah. Now she escapes. You know, if you're to watch it right after each other, it's a little bit more like, oh, she's back, and now she's gone. Yeah, I think so. But it is also kind of, um, her storyline does intersect with a few Sense8s, so we'll talk about those when we Mm. get to them. But I think one of the funnier ones that is also, again, another nice plot setup 
is um, she's talking to Nomi, and Nomi's like, hey, so your brother's interview, we don't have to watch it. <laughs> yeah. And it's been implied that, like, Sun has been destroying things, particularly laptops, whenever Nomi does show her kind of updates on her brother. I feel like they're all doing quite a lot to try to keep Sun doing stuff because yes. she's the one that can't go anywhere. Yes. But it's funny because she'll even, I mean, Nomi even mentions, like, hey, we're working on a hacking into your security systems, and we're working on hacking into the, the prison so we can get, like, transfer or release yeah. for you so you can escape. So they're all kind of, I mean, at least from Nomi's end, uh, as well as trying to keep her entertained, they're also giving her updates about the world outside with her brother, but also being like, hey, we do have a plan to break you out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of nice. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, that's kind of her solo story. Obviously, like I said, she yeah. does check in with a lot of sensates in this one. We'll get to one of those when we talk about the bigger group scenes, yeah. I think. Um, or we could talk about the next person who is involved with that Yeah. right now. Let's do it. Just Kala. Yes. Okay. What's so Kala doing? Okay, now <laughs> is the time to talk about the fact yeah. that Rajan's hair is gone. It's gone. It's been replaced with a different hair. But like his Caesar haircut. Which, Which is, is not a good haircut, guys. Yes. He's a handsome dude. I don't like, know what it is, but somehow the instant you see him, it's like he used to seem pretty trustworthy and friendly. <laughs> and now he seems... He has an untrustworthy Now he seems haircut. suspicious, yes. <laughs> it's a and Caesar haircut. Like, it takes him a while to get over that impression. Plus, he, you know, he's being a little difficult in this episode. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Uh, uh, although, I think it can be easy to let that distract you from the fact that he is still basically a good guy. Yeah. So I guess we should say that the this episode opens with Kala, mm-hmm. where she is just swimming around in that ocean. It's so beautiful. We though. shall talk about that. Oh, we're going to talk about it. <laughs> but I mean, obviously, that is like a cluster moment as well. Yeah. But well, um, let's just say this episode has several excellent music videos. Oh. Yes, amongst it does. its plot. <laughs> <laughs> Some would even argue that they pause its plot for these music videos. That's a Christmas But question. I am going to defend it because it is so damn entertaining it does not bother me. Part um, of the spectacle. Exactly. It's it's a, it's like it's already has a shorthand for yes. the, it. It's kind of tropes as a series. It's like, oh, this is a sensate moment, mm-hmm. guys. Most importantly, we learn she is officially married. Yes, because she gets out of the water and you see that ring on that finger. I remember the first time I watched this, I like audibly gasped. I was like, oh my god. Which is kind of silly because you know, she could have gone 50-50 at the end of season one, mm-hmm. but considering the first time we watched it, I mean, it had been well over a year, so we literally had no idea. And so, like, to have that suddenly and be like, oh, by the way, she's married, you're like, oh, my God, so much has happened already. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is on her honeymoon in Positano mm-hmm. with Rajan, and it's a gorgeous villa. I don't really know is. what's going on. But I want to go. I want to join them on their honeymoon. And that wouldn't really be a problem. It's not like I would be interrupting because they haven't had sex yet. And that is like one of the plot points where you can tell she's still a little anxious. She is kind of... She sees Wolfgang, you know, when they connect every now and then. They don't really say anything in the beginning. But you can tell she's like worried about him. But she's also not actively trying to have like a conversation with him. Mm -hmm. It's like she's... More distant. More distant and kind of resigned to, like, this is what I chose. So yeah, I'm going to yeah. have to try and stick with it. Um, but as a result, she seems a little bit out of it to Rajan. And but then finds out Rajan was yes. worried. Yeah, he was worried about her. 
and so he talked to her mother uh, to ask if she was a virgin and she got rightfully pissed mm-hmm. and does a beautiful interaction <laughs> with Leto. And this is, again, another big cluster big, big interaction. Yeah. But she, they, <laughs> Leto and her get upset both on her behalf while she, she yells at Rajan being like, that is not okay. Mm-hmm. Like, you, be, you may be married to me, but, like, this is the 21st century and my body is my own. It's not yours. It's not a piece of property. Don't talk about me with my mom. <laughs> exactly. Which I am like, you go, girl. And, like, my favorite line is like why do people give a fuck who I fuck yeah well I think important distinction that she is mad about the fact that they discussed her you know like a piece of property or our body or whatever just because I don't think um, I think you know that's the part that makes her mad Uh, it's not just like that he is insecure yeah because I think that she she understands that fine you know it's obviously a logical thing for him to be worrying about on the honeymoon yeah <laughs> uh it's that's you know that's a specific line yeah I, that's just another one of those things i think that because of the distrustworthiness potentially of rajan yeah in this season there's a way you can feel like everything he's doing is is awful and really it's like that's the specific thing yeah that's really bad yeah you know and that's why she's mad although i do think there is a bit of a thing there where she's also more mad uh, because Leto is very stressed. Yes. You know, her, her reaction is very sudden, and that's why Rajan is kind of like, well, I don't know what just happened. He's like, you're a force of nature, woman. <laughs> and it's like, I think she is absolutely well within her rights. Yeah. I do think it is a, a case of being like, yeah, you're correct. You shouldn't have gone to her mom. But also, I think she is actually, might be projecting a little bit because she is stressed because she mm-hmm. is still a virgin. And, which is totally fine. But, it's like she doesn't want to be but that would be like the last step in their marriage is actually consummating Mm -hmm. it and yeah she's stressed about it yeah because it's kind of implied that she's still a little stressed about the marriage but she's saying she's not but i mean you can just kind of tell with her interactions with wolfgang and the fact that she's so anxious about having sex with her husband Mm -hmm. and she hasn't had it yet during their honeymoon is just like it's a lot of stress for kala guys but of course they (laughs) do attempt it they do and it's like it's like a sex farce it's so (laughs) funny because um this is she has a a very lovely birthday party thrown for her for her section of the big birthday party celebration um you know they're on the beach they're having a great time there's a chat with its son then yes talking about um and she's like tonight was fun and, and, and then she looks awkwardly at Sun. She's like, I don't know why I'm here. And Sun's like, I think we both know how this works. And she's like, do we, though? <laughs> um, and then Sun gets to share her her fun sex story. Martial arts sex story. Martial yes. arts. Because would you expect any less of her? <laughs> uh, Sun reveals to Kala that, you know, sex is nothing to be scared of. It's natural. Your body just kind of moves the way it should be moving and I had this experience when I was 17 at a martial arts competition and I thought if I won you know my dad would let me compete in nationals that was not the case it's devastating seeing baby son cry mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. she's not even a baby it's still doing a bay but it's like 17 <laughs> year old version of son they gave her different hair yeah they gave her bangs <laughs> and it's devastating and then she goes into the locker room she cries and the guy that she competes against is like you're amazing you're the best fighter I've ever fought. And she's like, all right, I'm going to bang. 
and then, but it's in a way of where she's just like, Kala, you, you shouldn't worry, you shouldn't be afraid. Um, this isn't something to fear. Like she's like, look at how impulsive I was yeah. in that disgusting locker room. Yeah, you have like a nice honeymoon. Yeah, here. it's gonna. Yeah, that's exactly what she says. <laughs> but she's like, it's okay. But sex isn't a bad thing. And so Kala's like, awesome, great pep talk. Thank you, son. I'm gonna go have sex with my husband. But it keeps getting interrupted slash intercut with Wolfgang rude, having sex rude with the lady. Wolfgang. And she's just like, you are being disrespectful. And he's just got that little mischievous glint in his eye where he's like, I'm going to smack this lady's ass. <laughs> she's like, damn it, Wolfgang. Um, and he's Nicola like, all right, have a nice time, Carl. She's like, oh, yes. I will. <laughs> Understandably distracted. Yes. And uh, ends up accidentally... Uh, they fall off the bed. Yeah, shoving Rajan off the bed. Well, no, he falls with her off the bed. Well, yes, yes. Because he's like, no, 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 Carla, it's great, it's okay. And then he breaks his penis. He does. But we later discover that he doesn't actually break his penis. There is a great sound effect, though. It is a, oh, it's a horrible sound effect. <laughs> it's called a phantom fracture. And we learn this <laughs> from the world's greatest Italian doctor, who is amazing. <laughs> he just waltzes in there. He's like, hey, everything's going to be fine. You know, it's not broken, but, you know, there might be a problem down it's the line. It's like he was on vacation or yeah. something, and then he was like, I got to go deal with I these gotta people. I got to go deal with this man's And he's like, I can't even penis. take this seriously. Yeah. And he's just like, it'll be fine. Like, you can enjoy your rest of your vacation. And then Rajan's like, we're on our honeymoon. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. He's like, usually these things fix themselves, themselves. without any troubles. Uh, I mean, sometimes. Sometimes. Like, well, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, it's just like his bedside manner I find hilarious, but not reassuring Hilarious to the viewers, not to the not patients. Not to them, yeah. yeah. But he probably shouldn't be a doctor. Yeah, but uh, he's, the call is like, is there anything I can do to help speed with the cover? He's like, your husband needs love. And then Kala's like, oh, okay, thanks. And she goes to kiss Raja, and he's like, your love causes pain. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so... Later on in the the honeymoon, she comes back. He is healed. He is healing. Time passes. But his bags are packed, and she's like, what's going on? Once again, very astute, Rajan, really. Like, so, as we've discussed many times, Kala. Yes. Seems like maybe you are having some some doubts. Yes, and I love you so much. But I was probably a little too head over heels to really step back, take a bigger look at the picture and realize that maybe you don't love me the same way. She's, so, you know, pretty uh very whatever the word I'm using is. Noble of him. I was just thinking it's it's pretty smart, I don't know. Yeah. He has a good sense of what's happening here. Yeah, and so he's like we can essentially he's like I can leave. It's okay. And then uh sh- he you know, he talks about sirens. Yes, yes. He's being very philosophical. Yes, he is. And I then mean, I think, you know, Kyle is sort of like Let's actually give it a shot first. Yeah. Because we didn't really get to because of an unfortunate incident. Yes. So. Like she's too much into her head. His yeah. penis got broken. Like let's let's actually give it a go. So she leads him away, and I that's like her last solo well, scene, isn't it? Yeah, and then they return back from their honeymoon. Oh, and they're yes. shopping for a home, which honestly looks like the same home in their honeymoon, except it's in Bombay now. Just and you're like, Jesus, people. Rich people, you know. Rich people. Yes, Got a really I nice forgot. pool. Um, so she's looking at the pool. She's obviously still thinking of Wolfgang. Yeah. Well, I guess they, they return feeling a little more Yeah, they confident. seem more like a married couple. Yeah. And then it, it kind of, her whole thing ends with her, you know, on New Year's. She's looking out the window, and Rajan, like, holds her, and mm-hmm. it's clear that, you know, they are definitely 
a married couple. I'm assuming they've consummated the relationship. But, but he's talking, you know, very much about how how wonderful it is that he's here and he couldn't have imagined it like a year ago. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. And Kala's still thinking like, yep. I don't feel quite as strongly as you. <laughs> yep. So. so it's still a little awkward. Still a little awkward, but she's kind of m- the most decisive you've ever seen mm. her. And I'm just going to say it. Something about Rajan mm. creeping up behind her with his new haircut mm. and saying that stuff makes him seem suspiciously super villainous. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like, I had no idea we would get to this point. That this is the culmination really of my off. grand plan. My evil scheme. Yes. I don't yeah. know what it is. No. Uh, He's sinister. It's sinister, man. Yeah, <laughs> but that's where we're at. Is she has made a few steps forward, one step back in her relationship with Rajan, mm-hmm. where she is married and she is finally committed to the idea of actually going through with the marriage and being a couple. But you can tell there's still a lot of hesitation going on there. So mm-hmm. uh, that's her storyline. And then who who else do we want to talk about? Well, I think we should talk about Lido. Lido. Yeah, I think we should do Will and Riley last. Okay. So, um, yeah, let's do Lido. Yeah. All right, so um, Lido's storyline technically opens up with Hernando teaching course. at university, and he's teaching art, and I would pay to go to university, <laughs> which is a lot of money, You'd be a just better to get into that class, because I feel like he's a delightful teacher. would be a better student than some of Hernando's students. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, so he is... Uh, in the middle of a lecture, talking about art, because that is Arnano, that is what he does. Um, and then the class obviously gets distracted, phones go off and all that jazz. It is revealed that the photos of him and Leto having sex have been leaked, leaked, as Joaquin promised. We have a really shitty student who's like, what can you, would you call this art? Like half joking and being a dick. Art representative of homophobia. Yes. <laughs> And so he's like, I think it looks like porn. And then, you know, Hernando pretty much owns him with an art history lesson being like, One, oh, yeah. I have the beholder. So you see what you want to see. So what you're seeing is porn. And maybe what I see is, you know, love and passion and two men caught, you know, didn't realize there was a camera. Mm-hmm. And uh, art is love made public. And you're just like, way to handle that situation. It's a very with, intellectual with grace. burn. Yes. The one thing I do wonder about the scene usually is if the rest of the class is meant to be like on this guy's side mm. or like if he's an outlier. Yeah. Uh, I think it's more like everyone's like, this is an awkward situation. Yeah. And then when Hernando gets him back, the class is kind of like, he has a point there. Yeah. <laughs> but they mainly exist as observers to this. Yes. This jerk. God, he's awful. Anyway, uh, Lido shows up. He has been auditing this class, apparently. He's been watching. <laughs> yep. Uh, I mean, who wouldn't? Hernando's <laughs> great at what he does. and. Uh, well, I mean, you know, the photos are leaked. He came to see Hernando. Yeah. And he's just like, hey, you know, what do we do now? And he's like, oh, it's out there. So, you know, here we go. And it's a, it's kind of a, a sweet, tender moment of like, oh, gosh, we are headed headed towards a shitstorm. Mm-hmm. But it's all just because we love each other and that's public now so we're gonna stick together um so Lido tries to uh go home but there's people but everywhere there's so many yeah. people everywhere In they have sensate moment scene we will discuss yes they have scrawled a lovely slur outside of his building Danny is like fuck these guys 
you're coming to my place. You guys have done so much for me. Let me take care of you. Um, so that he has kind of a moment where he gets to uh, recollect himself and uh, watch Legally Blonde, which if mm. that doesn't inspire you after a shitty day, I don't know what will. Well, they decide to really lean into the stereotypes, you know, yes. to fight back. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They're like, we're going to paint our nails, <laughs> we're going to have some margaritas, wear some really cute pink fluffy clothes, and watch Legally Blonde. Which they do. They do. Yeah. And then... Um, yeah, but then they try to go back. Yeah. And uh, essentially, Leto talks to his management team beforehand, and they're all like... You know, the public doesn't need to know the truth about you. They don't. We can cover it up. We can yeah. cover it up. We can deny it. We can, you know, sue the shit out of these people because this is an invasion of privacy. Like, we can essentially spin this so you don't have to come out. And he's like, I'm, I'm, don't want to live a lie. And they're like, you make your, your living telling lies. And he's like, yeah, but this is, they're like, there's going to be consequences. He's like, fuck the consequences. Like, I, it's out there. Mm-hmm. And more so, like, even though obviously the situation is not great and I don't think he realizes the extent of those consequences or he's just not ready to face them, he's still going to do it. And that's very impressive. But now that it hasn't been denied, he does try and get back into his apartment. We have a great scene with him and Wolfgang. (laughs) Yes, yes. It's a good switching scene. Yeah, where he has been locked out of his apartment and um, the supervisor on call or whatever is not letting him in. It's a horrible moment where he tries to, like, break in <laughs> and kind of fails. And so a Wolfgang taps in for him and pretty much hacks the, the buzzer system so they can get into his apartment. Um, it's a nice moment <laughs> between the two of them. And they go up to his apartment and everything's cleaned out. There's a letter saying it's essentially like a morality clause being like, we kicked you out because... You are not the clientele. You're not the clientele we want. You're living a lifestyle we do not approve of or adhere to or want to promote, essentially, which is bullshit. Uh, And so he, uh, I don't know where they're spending their time after that. You don't really see them after that, although presumably they could have gone back to Danny or Nando's. Yeah, but I mean, Lido is essentially like online watching his career kind of burst into flames and. And Rondo's like, stop doing that. And he's like, are you afraid? And he's like, more afraid of talking to Mama. Mm-hmm. So they have to go visit um, her and for learn Christmas. where Lido got all of his drama. Where did he get his drama? He got it from his mama. <laughs> Dear Lord. Uh, they, they get there. It's just um, nobody else is there. It's clear that there is supposed to be a slightly bigger party with mm-hmm. all the you know, bottles and glasses and stuff that's out. Uh, she shows up, she gives a toast to the room, <laughs> and you're just like, Jesus Christ. And it's like a really tense moment because you're really not sure which way she would go on this because yeah. you've never met her. But she's essentially giving a toast to the people that didn't show up and being like, thank you, friends, for revealing who you are during this difficult time. And then Lido just like apologizes, and she calls him Baby Penguin, which is what I want to call him now for <laughs> here on out. And she's just like, I'm so proud of you. You are so brave to not deny it like so many others have or could have, and I'm very proud of you. And I knew this was coming. And he's like, you knew? She's like, of course I knew. And so uh, he gets to spend Christmas with the people he loves. She's a big fan of, like, Hernando and Danny. Danny's like, this is the best Christmas <laughs> ever. Is it sad? Because it's definitely not with my family. And they're like, no, that's okay. Your family crazy, Danny. Um, and then we find out that when uh, – Lido's mama invites them 
to stay for New Year's that he's like, oh, this is kind of tricky because like we kind of do this thing with Hernando because Hernando's parents were killed in a car crash on New Year's. And so we like to go visit the grave uh, every New Year's. And it's a really sweet moment where him and Hernando go to the grave and Hernando kind of gives a nice speech being like, I love you guys so much. And I've never met somebody who has loved me as much as you do until this man. And I'm just like, you too. Ugh. <laughs> so cute all is currently well in Lido and Hernando Land. yeah in terms of like his personal relationships it's never been better I mean because obviously the truth will set you free uh, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. like his and there's no more secrets essentially but the flip side of that is we, we're kind of getting the brilliance of well there's going to be uh, some negative fallout here for yeah. his career so uh, that's pretty much it for him yeah it's Lido yeah and then uh We've got. They got four left. Oh, Wolfgang. Yeah. We got Wolfgang. Let's cover Wolfgang now. Yeah, he um, is talking to Felix a lot in a coma because Felix is still not awake. Uh, he is feeling like the, the, his actions at the end of last season, where you know he kills everybody, <laughs> uh, might have cost him the only thing he really wants. So there's a few pining looks between him and Kala. Um, I think Wolfgang's story is the most confusing in the special, yes. which is because his is the most directly related to his season two stuff. Yeah. So there's just like new people and new settings and new everything. Yeah. And it's not really confusing at all if you just watch the rest of season two afterwards. Yeah. But, but within the special, a lot of it was more self-contained. Yep. So uh, especially considering it ends on him, it's kind of like... What the hell? Well, I hope yeah. this all gets sorted out soon. Yeah. So, uh, essentially, he's checking in with Felix. He's still pining for Kala, but it's still like, uh, I don't I don't really know what's going to happen now. And he gets called into having tea with his aunt, who was uh, married to the uncle that he killed, I believe, and the mother of, you know, his crazy-ass cousin. And she reassures him that, like, hey there are going to be consequences for what you did, just like there were consequences for whatever my son and my husband did. But I assure you, when the time comes, I won't be the one pulling the trigger. Um, so it, it literally is played out like a political, like, royalty dynasty move, where yeah. she's like, okay, so now that you killed my husband, there's a big power vacuum in, in Germany, in Berlin. I'm like, this guy controls this section, and yeah, this guy there's, controls there's, this section. Yeah, there's essentially four kingdoms, and you've knocked over your uncle, who was the king. So we're trying to essentially make sure that you come home so you can take his a rightful place, because it's one thing, she literally said, you out Hamlet, Hamlet. <laughs> Which is true, but she's like, it's it's not a matter of not having a leader. It's just now there's a power vacuum, and we might go into like full scale war with the three other factions or kingdoms that are kind of running the underground of the city. Mm-hmm. And so throughout the rest of the episode, it is mainly Wolfgang drinking alone, being sad until Felix finally wakes up. Very exciting. Uh, yeah, after Wolfgang starts talking about you know his mom and secrets and how secrets are his mom told him that secrets are, are better than love because secrets keep people together and secrets secrets are yes. definitely a theme throughout the entire series especially season two and especially with the reveal about his mom at the end mm-hmm. and the series finale but as of now felix is back plays a great trick on wolfgang yeah yeah being like oh my god your mom go was crazy oh. yeah and he's like yeah, I, I don't know I'm like the sidekick man I want to go home I, maybe I should settle down 
and and Wolfgang is just like, okay, he's like, I just need you to do one thing for me. And they're just like, talk me out of it. <laughs> and then they go out a night on the town, and unlike most of their nights out on the town, um, people are sending, like, gifts and stuff up to them at the bar. They're sending over drinks and bottles. And Felix is like, what's happened? A lot changed since I woke up. And he's just like, yeah, Wolfgang's we have friends like, now. I forgot to mention, I killed my uncle and everyone else in the house. Yeah, and also people are courting me <laughs> for, like, a power yeah. play now. They want me to, like, take my place. That way they can start negotiating with me, essentially, over different territories and whatever it is you do as, like, I don't know, a kingpin of Berlin. Um, so... He gets courted by a turtle-looking man. <laughs> Whose name is Volker. Mm-hmm. Volker, yeah. Yes. And uh, I just kept writing the man, f- <laughs> the Dana Carvey of Master in Disguise, Does when he dresses look like up a like turtle. a turtle. Yes. And he's essentially being like, hey, join our ranks, join me, we'll get you this crazy lifestyle because I know that you're destined for great things. Wolfgang And he's says... like, we can run this city together. And Wolfgang does like the most badass line where he's like, if I wanted this, this city would already be mine. Yeah. But you're like, boom, he has a rocket launcher, guys. I believe him. And so they're they're essentially being courted and kind of taking measures because they're like, you know, we have a target on our back now because of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, consequences from last season. Um, he, they do kind of get lured by the turtle guy to, like, go out and celebrate for Christmas and New Year's. And then in New Year's. Um, tries to take him out. They try and take him out. Yeah. And that's how the episode ends, is, like, him and Felix. And he keeps telling Felix to leave. And Felix is like, I'm not going to get shot again. Like, that's just poorly written story. And you're just like, oh, that's a fun little meta-commentary. But I still do, even after he says that, I still get really anxious for him whenever they end that fighting scene. Because it's like, yeah, what if Felix does get hurt again, though, guys? (laughs) It's totally plausible. So that's pretty much it with him. It's Wolfgang. He He does have a nice conversation with Kala. Where she's telling him, she's like, there's something good and beautiful in you. Yeah. And there's something dark and wicked in me. And he's like, oh, we're perfect for each other. She's like, no, no, we need to not be together because we need to have the chance to become better people by it's ourselves. A good example of Kala's uh, status in the special, too. Yeah. Because in the first season, like, they're always having these almost kisses and then they finally do it at the end. Mm-hmm. And this one, she, she, she leans in like she's going to kiss him and then. You know, she throws a snowball at him instead. Yeah. And you just feel like at this moment, Kala is much more in control mm-hmm. because she at least feels like she knows where she is, whereas yeah. Wolfgang is still basically where he was at the end of season one. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that's pretty much where we're at. Is there's going to be a huge political place in Berlin that he's getting wrapped up in, and mm-hmm. it's clearly dangerous because people are trying to kill him. And on top of that, like he still has this really tense thing going on with Kala where they're both just like we shouldn't do this but he's like nah we kind of should <laughs> so the important thing is Felix is still alive and his hair looks great unlike Rajan yeah I don't know what's going on with Felix but I mean I'm good. assuming Wolfgang just like tenderly cut his hair while he was in a coma yes, just looked yes. after him oh, he's just got that like little scarf too I know he's like full winter Felix it's you know? full winter like epitome of European Felix <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's what happens with them and then we've got Riley and Will. Well, Nomi as well. Oh, we got Nomi. That's right. Curses. This is really one of the few occasions where Nomi's story isn't directly tied up with, like, talking to Will and Riley. Yeah. She actually does do a lot on her own. Yeah. So um, there is a new player in town in her storyline, <laughs> yes. an Agent Bendix. 
who keeps popping up and threatening Amanita at her mm-hmm. workplace. They are currently hiding in a woman's shelter that is run by some of their friends in the LGBTQ community. And um, so Nomi is essentially under voluntary like house arrest in this women's building. And um, she's kind of just keeping an eye on Amanita. Amanita is trying to like, you know, keep Agent Bendix away. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of discussion about, you know, Agent Bendix is really annoying, but what he's doing is like, he's doing some illegal stuff to try and get to know me and it's not great. Um, he breaks into their, uh, or he gets a warrant and tries to search their room. They have like a little stowaway hideaway place in the women's shelter building. And they both come to the decision, like, we got to go even more off the grid. Um, And so they go and they see Bug and they live with, they decide (laughs) that they're going to live with Bug. And he's very excited about it. Which is the best decision you could possibly make. Honestly, yeah. Like, because if you want to be like a fugitive, you got to go with like the crazy guy who (laughs) is like tapped into like the internet and just has all the forums uh, has some great hacker house. skills has a boathouse yeah. like you just know he's off the radar but loving life like he's a good time also he kind of needs to like i don't know apply for like a hgtv clean your house thing where they do like an organized before and after because mm-hmm. it's like all over the place um but they do invite him out to christmas which is very lovely. Which is very sweet. And then, which I feel like this should be a bigger plot point here, Amanita is totally in like a Mamma Mia situation with her family because she has three dads and one mom. Yeah, they great. well they clarify it more. In yeah, they do two. clarify it later, but I'm just like, oh my god, this is amazing. <laughs> I love this. Um, but they essentially spend time and with the with the family and they're like you know we're trying to work it out and figure out what our next move is essentially Mm -hmm. but it's clear that like nomi has been um you know connecting with other sensates like she's been getting Lido a lot and he's quote unquote a bit of a handful and uh, she connects with sun to kind of give her updates on things but really like her hacking and her stuff is not a huge priority in this because they're just kind of, again, building stuff up and they need to get to an even safer location than the where they are. Um, in terms of plot beats to build towards the season, uh, Noe has been invited by her sister to come to her wedding and be her maid yeah. of honor, which might be a slight problem because she is a fugitive <laughs> and uh, Agent Bendix is trying to you know, track her down and arrest her. So that's pretty much it for them, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, not a whole lot. Well, it mainly serves to establish her situation of being in hiding yeah this is like the in-between stage uh where christmas special shows you know what their new status quo is yeah but not necessarily how they progress from there that really starts more with the actual season starting but most plot heavy thing obviously is will and riley yep we're now bonded together in plot form yep yep as they are literally in the same place. They are, which is exciting, but also sad because Will just has to do all the drugs now. Mm-hmm. Which isn't great for you. No, it's no. not. Although um, he does have a very measured amount, I'm sure, since yeah. Riley is in charge of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are essentially also in hiding. Nice segue from Nomi there. Um, oh. Yeah, I know, right? They're in hiding. Will is taking a lot of drugs. Because if he's the more passed out out of it he is, the less like the less strong of a connection he mm. feels with whispers, the better shot of whispers not finding them. 
Um, so Will has been hiding out, lurking in uh, Whisper's mind when he gets the chance. And it's revealed that Whispers has a family. And uh, Jonas pops up in there being like, hey, you're not the first to try and use this method mm-hmm. to try and spy on Whispers because it's a two-way connection, obviously. If Whispers can see you, you can see him. Um, and then uh, while they're discussing, like, you know, Whispers is very smart, um, he's meticulous with his pills, which we are discover this is huge. They're mm-hmm. called blockers, and these blockers is like this medication that sensates can take that cuts off the sicilium, which is you recall is the psychic nervous system that they have a much better method than heroin yeah super yeah (laughs) probably so much better but it's essentially it blocks off the psychic connection and so that would be ideal for will i'm just saying but it's also it's a safety precaution because it means that like whispers can't find will will can't find whispers and vice versa and all that but jonas is pointing out like he's really good with his pills so if you're seeing this scene with his daughter there's a reason for it Mm -hmm. because it's either he lapsed in taking the blockers which is unlikely or he wants you to see this scene so again reinforcing the idea that whispers is very clever and you need to be careful but also introducing this new idea of like hey there's a medication you can take to help essentially bounce this out so this um, also helps to explain why will would let himself do things like the birthday party yeah and the end bit at christmas just because well riley talks him into both things yeah but also because presumably you know most of the time mm. whispers is on bloggers which means yeah. even if he wanted to go check on will he can't yeah so you know unless he's actively in get will mode mm-hmm. which is an unlucky thing yeah uh, y- you have that window i guess of possible safety yes um but yeah, he he pretty much is on like drugs the whole time, trying to find whispers, um, and trying to get more information. It is also implied in the scene between Nomi and Son, before you know Son gets to watch her brother's interview and you know destroy some yummy, tasty-looking Chinese food. Um, that Nomi is kind of having doubts about Will. Yeah. Where she's just like, I I mean, I'm not saying I don't think he can do it, but should he do it? And Nomi's like, or that's what Nomi's saying, and Son is like, Will is our plan. I trust him to do it. Yeah. So it's kind of implied that like they are counting on Will because he have this has this connection with Whispers and it is a two way street. And so they're they're trying to find they're information. They're trying to find out more information about him to see if there's something they can use. And um, I think there there's maybe even a little more to it. The thing is that in the special mm-hmm. and in the rest of season two, there is this thing where you have a great sense of what they're trying to do. Yeah. But not all the details are always there. Yeah, you know um, they're planning that is, something, but you don't know exactly what yeah. that plan is and how they're going to execute it. Well, a lot of that is left for the end of season two for for a shock value, mm-hmm. as you can go back and watch it and realize that a lot of what happens at the end was actually being planned the whole time. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I think they're mainly trying to get information, but it's a similar way of presentation where after like probably an hour of seeing the show and seeing bits where Will is in and out of consciousness doing this thing. Finally, you have a scene where Nomi and Son are like, yeah, like, I think the plan's working all right. And it's like, oh, there's actually a plan. Yeah, it doesn't, yeah. I didn't know there was a plan or if Will was just sort of like doing what he could. To stay away from whispers, yeah. Which kind of makes sense because it's like they're doing a really good job of keeping it hidden from whispers and keeping it under wraps because they barely even talk about it themselves right you know? yeah so i guess there's a couple 
important you know new sensate information that you get which is the presence of blockers mm -hmm. the existence of blockers and then will kind of confides to jonas being like hey um i keep having these visions about angelica and he's just like oh yeah that makes sense he's like yeah but i'm having visions of like a cabin and just like places where i haven't been myself so how can i know and Jonas does explains yeah. that uh, when you have like a, a a human has like a genetic birth, like they give birth to somebody, they transfer genes. When a sensate has like a sensate birth, instead of genes, they're they're kind of transferring like memories Senses. and sensations. And so he's like, since she is your your cluster's mom, you do still have some of your her memories, mm -hmm. um, which will come in handy later in the season. But um, he talks to him about that, and then it's also made evident that Jonas is being transferred. So again, we don't know where he's at anymore. And uh, and then whispers at one point, you know, and it's a really creepy shot, but like Angelica wakes Will up and she's like, he found you. And he wakes up and whispers is there and he tells Will like, oh, you know, I'm going to hunt you. And then we get to see an interchange between like Will and then the interrogation room where whispers is where he's like, you know, this is part of our process when we get new sensates, <laughs> you know, you're a cop. And that is the thing that will keeps trying to emphasize in the, in the episode. I, she's still like, am. I still am a cop. He says it to Angelica who reveals she used to be an ecologist. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, look at what we're reduced to because we made contact with whispers. And so when he is talking to whispers, he is still trying to use like his cop, you know, training and it's like a big Sherlock Holmes moment where he's like, oh, well, you know, you have a tan line on your, your green <laughs> finger. So um, my guess is you're married and you went on holiday because we kind of screwed over your plans last season. Mwahaha. And Whispers keeps saying, he's like, I don't care where you are because I can find you very easily. It's where you're not. And that's the problem because you're not home. And I'm going to go after your family, your friends, your loved ones. And he keeps bringing up Will's dad because Joey Pants has returned. And yes. Joey Pants is not doing well. Will manages to call him around, like, Thanksgiving, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, because Nomi has told Riley, like, hey, I can set you up with a burner phone just as long as you immediately throw it away after you mm -hmm. use it. You should be fine. So uh, Riley's like, hey, Will, I think this would be good for you. You should talk to your dad. And it's just like a heartbreaking phone call. It goes about as well as you'd expect. Yeah, where he's just like, it's so clear that like Joey Pants loves him, but he also doesn't know what's happening and he just wants him home. And Will's like, I can't do that. And his, I mean, Joey Pants just kind of like lashes at him. He's like, you're not here. And then he's like, have you been drinking? Dad, you know you're not supposed to drink. He's like, what do you care? You're not here. And you're just like, damn it, Joey Pants. <laughs> Stop breaking my heart. It's too sad. It's really sad. And it's just... It just gets exasperated when, you know, Whispers pops up uh, again. It's even worse. During Christmas, like a jackass. And um, <laughs> and he ruins their lovely skating moment and between Will and Riley. And it turns out that, like, Whispers is physically there with Joey Pants. And he keeps doing this horrible thing, like, should a man in his condition be drinking, like, while he's pouring <laughs> him alcohol? And it's implied that they met through Alcoholics Anonymous. Because he's like, oh, thanks for stopping by. I mean, he's like, I wasn't sure if I was supposed to outside of our AA meetings. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. and I thought the uh, he was coming as like a government official. Well, he is also, but he's like, we've also met up in AA. And then I also happen to be working in the government, and we are actually working on this case. And now mm -hmm. your son's been thrown into it. And at least that's what I gathered from it. They did mention AA, so... I'm assuming that's where he kind of got the personal touch in there for him to meet. 
Joey Pants. But the point is, he outlines everything that Will has done, and it's not factually wrong, but it's played at such an angle to Joey Pants where he's like, yeah, your son might be working with a terrorist. Mm -hmm. And he kind of, you know, used your clearance codes last season to, like, get some intelligence on some of these people who are now fugitives, and now he's fleed the country, and he went to Iceland, and I have security footage of him like wreaking havoc at one of our facilities so this doesn't look good and will is just there and it's devastating because he's like no this is bullshit like don't listen to him and then joey pants does the lovely thing where he's like i'll tell you a secret like i don't care what my son did i love him and i want him to come home and you're like god damn it it's awful and will's like i'm going to kill you and i was like i don't condone this but yes maybe you should because this man is awful and that's, he can clearly do damage. Yeah. So. And that's one of the last scenes. So, uh, despite all the emotions that we go through in this special, yeah. it sort of leaves you on a um, darker note with mm-hmm. that and then with uh, Wolfgang's ending. Yeah. Um, so. It's pretty intense. Pretty intense. But, but I think it may be time to talk about our big. patented sensei moments. Yes. Oh, I think there are four. Oh, what are they? You should list them off. <laughs> uh, well, there's the opening. Yes. There is the car wall writing scene. Yes. There is the big party and all its The birthday forms. celebration, yep. And then there is the hallelujah sequence at the end. Yes. Let's do it. All right, so the opening. Yes. Starts with a cover, feeling good and, and good swimming. God, and swimming and like the, the music and the cinematography and you're just like, God damn it! This is just sort of like, welcome back to Sensei. Yes. It looks good. It sounds good. Here's all the people you like. Yeah. Call is swimming around on her honeymoon. Um, Wolfgang is not swimming, surprisingly. Well, the first thing you see right is her and, and him. him. But he is clothed this time, and that's weird to see him clothed oh, yeah, in yeah. water. Just saying. Uh, he's actually in his, uh, well, she's swimming. He's actually at the bar drinking like a fish. Anyway, uh, Alito is in the hot tub taking selfies with duckies, <laughs> which I think is really funny. Um, Nomi is washing, uh, coffee. is bringing water. Uh, Riley is helping Will shoot up. Sun is just kind of in jail. Yeah, well, I think the the Will ending is sort of like the kicker at the end of this is so cool it's sensate it's back all and together. also like things aren't as good as they were because look will's, will's on doing drugs because yeah. he has to and it's horrible and he's not yeah. looking great well and turns it ironic sort of as first I'm feeling it's, yeah good. it's just like yeah. i'm feeling good oh it's so like the swimming how fresh and nice and then it's like oh this is a darker yeah. interpretation i mean it also ends with like the reveal with kala is married yeah um, and which is not obviously nearly as bad as like <laughs> Wolfgang or not Wolfgang as Will on drugs, but yeah. it's like, hey, things have taken a different turn than you think they might have, or it might this might be a little bit um, not what you were expecting. So you know, this is indulgent. It's just fun. Yes. And the instant you started again, I think makes you feel like, oh yeah, like this is the kind of show that can do stuff like this. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. Yeah great music video um <laughs> and then the next one is the big uh the car scene yeah where Lido is pulling up to his apartment and he's talking to Nomi and she's like 
after kind of she talks to Amanita being like, yeah, Lita's a little bit of a handful. It's like, I heard that. Yeah. And then she's like, I'm so sorry. Like, how are you doing? And this is sort of like the Lido and Kala active. Yeah, where scene. she's, oh, well, I mean, it's funny because each of the sensates, uh, not all of them, but some of them are being like, I don't know how this works. Why do you always come to me mm. when you're feeling like this? And with Lido, it's always like whenever I'm feeling scared or uncertain, Nomi's always there. Mm-hmm. And the same with like Kala and Sun. Whenever Kala's uncertain, Sun is there. And then even with like when uh, when Wolfgang's nervous, Sun is there. Sun's a real good rock to have, guys. Yeah, she is. <laughs> like Riley might be like probably like the emotional center for everybody, but in terms of like somebody being there for you to like give you some encouragement, I think Sun is the good one. Um, but. Uh, he's talking to Nomi and she's like I'm there if you need me and he's like was coming out for you nearly as hard as this and then it just cuts to you know them trying to go back to their apartment but there's too many people there porters and cameras yeah and then you know there's that lovely nasty bit of uh, graffiti graffiti slur slur yeah on the building and it's really interesting because um, it's happening the same time as Kala's freaking out yeah. about all, all of his frustrations yeah channeled into Kala there yeah where they're both just like why do people care about who I sleep with or if I sleep with somebody like this is just this is the 21st century this yeah. is not okay and well it's her whole sort of like welcome back to sensate yeah. speech of like not just that but like broadly speaking oh there are people who can't love who they love and like yeah. there are people who don't have the money we there do there are people and there are who people are innocent but they're they've been convicted of crimes yeah. that they didn't do in general it's like, like there trapped. are people, like people are yeah trapped. there are people that are stuck yeah and that's why she feels stuck because she does also feel stuck like rajan is worried about in that scene yeah in the honeymoon of the marriage or whatever mm-hmm. but like it's a general a greater feeling of being stuck that they're all feeling that is exacerbated by Lido in the car, yeah. which leads to a very interesting, kind of cool choice yeah. to have them all see different graffiti, different graffiti, and say how they hate. Yeah, her. like they can, so they can feel how Lido is feeling, basically. Yeah. So for uh, when it flashes, uh, it's. Uh, Are you gonna say all the words? Well, I'm definitely not gonna say two of them. <laughs> um, it flashes for Kala. The graffiti says "Virgin." It flashes for Lido, which is actually what is there is. Mm-hmm the f word which is not fuck by the way it's the lovely lovely horrible slur for uh for someone who's gay uh there's freak for nomi mm-hmm. uh, there's slut for riley there's pig for for will there's the n-word for coffeeus there's nazi for uh wolfgang and there's bitch for for son yeah I think this is a pretty um, well done as far as considering this probably came from this is what's literally happening to Lido how can this be extrapolated to the other sensates I think really the only one that feels a bit like generic is Riley's just because uh, we haven't seen her really interact with people in that situation she's never on screen been accused of being a slut or anything Mm -hmm. um but all the others do feel like appropriate things for what we've seen and you know be forgiven a little bit of trying to get everyone in there yeah um well i guess i mean riley does kind of like make the point because she is kind of like the travel agent for her and will's fun drugged up adventure mm-hmm. trying to avoid whispers where she is always able to find certain places because you know she played at different gigs she knows a lot of people yeah and and will's like oh should i be jealous and she's like no but I think there's probably an implication of a past of, like, you know, she 
knows a lot of people she's partying there could be at some point it is unfortunate as it is not unlikely that somebody has called her a slut at some point yeah no i think it, it works fine with her backstory yeah. because her whole thing you know before we know her as well for several years is clearly that she's like dj does a lot of drugs you know goes yeah. to a lot of parties she, she has the whole always vibe trying to escape yeah yeah you can you can imagine that easily it's just the only one that isn't really significantly on screen true i mean like technically like Cavius doesn't actually interact with a lot of people who are like discriminating based on his race uh, but you know that's easier to just assume and imply because yeah. it's just it's is more inherent like with Leto, you know yeah but those with the others it's more like pretty it's more specific yeah. like you know wills is specifically about his job yeah um but uh they all basically track i think mm-hmm. agreed so that's a, a big collective moment and yeah and there's their big party scene and i think that's an interesting moment just because I think it's kind of similar to a moment in the next episode mm. uh, where they give a big collective speech. Yeah. Um, it's like the positive version of that moment. Yes. Uh, where they're surrounded by cameras mm-hmm. and they're they're being forced to like look at what people think about them. But in the season two premiere slash episode two, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like they get to talk back to it a little. Yeah, more. they they have a response for it essentially. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the uh, the party is obviously the main set piece of the episode. Oh, my God, so I funny. don't even know how long it is. It's it, long, Like, man. ten minutes, probably. I feel like it's more than ten minutes. But they take the fun idea, I think, of not wanting to repeat themselves. Yeah. So it's not just, like, here's a song montage. It's this fun idea of, um, like, shifting between radio transmissions, as Will says, I think. Yeah. Uh, and you hear, like, four or five different songs for, like, a minute as they flip back and forth um like based on the different environments or settings or moods the other sensates have yeah which is really cool yeah but it it, it essentially culminates in a big dance party across all these different environments yeah well it's like the (laughs) it's like the happy uh anthem nice Mm -hmm. song Mm-hmm. And then it gets a bit more like, like a fun club, funky. One. Yeah. And then at the end, it's like this is like Riley's song now. You know, this is yeah. the the club. Yep. Uh, everyone, everyone goes from like we're dancing and fun to like now we're just we're jumping up grind, and down. Guys, we're <laughs> yeah. gonna have a good time. Yeah, it's funny because it's one of those scenes where you're watching it, and it is impressive both in like how they shot it because they had to shoot multiple party scenes in yeah. multiple countries. Well, I can't even count. Yeah, I mean, I mean there's there's, I'm there's Italy. Try. Yeah, there's Italy with, like, um, with Kala. With Kala's party, yeah. On the beach for Kala during her honeymoon, they have a big, like, birthday blowout yeah. bash for her. Um, Nomi and Amanita are up. Having um, a sex, Nick. Well, before that, though. Yes. Uh, they're just having a normal picnic. Yes. With partying. Yes. Uh, at the big swing there up in the hill in San Francisco. Yeah. And, um, you know, Lito is in, like, a, a bar, something like that. Lito's, yeah, going to, like, a big a, club. A, Kind of. It's more like a, a little bit more formal, like, dancing. Yeah. Yeah. Wolfgang's at a bar by himself. His shirt, he loses at some point. Yeah. There, um, are, there are more, too. And there's, like, also, you know, earlier bit Coffey's where... with the whole, you know, the whole neighborhood celebrating f- with his bus. Yeah. Well, because it, it crosses a little bit of time, too. Because, yeah. like, earlier Alito is, you know, with, the like, the birthday cake. Yeah, he's having, like, yeah. his uh his little, like, cake and birthday celebration at uh, Danny's apartment Which before is where it they starts. go out. Yeah. yeah. That's true, where he, like, blows out the candles and stuff. And it's just really fun, and my favorite part, probably, is the fact that, of course, 
Kala is technically the DJ in the last song. Yeah. And I think Rajan's reaction is hilarious. Yeah, he's like, oh, like, he cannot handle it. Like, I didn't know my wife could do this. Mm-hmm. But she can. Yep. Um, oh. And then, of course, it, it just bleeds into an orgy, as you do. Yes. Which the uh, the interlude mm. of the uh, the other conversation between Sun and, and Kala so yeah, so the the it's great because the birthday party just kind of bleeds into an orgy. Yeah, uh, there's a little interlude between where uh, Kala talks to Sun, as we already discussed, mm-hmm. about the uh, being nervous about sex thing, mm-hmm. uh, and Sun tells her her story, building Martial up to sex building up to yeah the yeah. the mantra or whatever of uh, you shouldn't be afraid of it, which mm-hmm. then leads into the orgy part, of course, which. In this instance, sort of feels like a victory lap yes. of the first season, I think. Like, yeah, you all loved it before. Now we're going to do Here it all is again. Of them. And I would like to say, this is the second one, and there's another one in the last episode of the show. And that's it. That's Only three it orgies, for orgies. Guys. Yeah. So, you know, to all you people out there that say there's one in every episode. You're wrong. You you're know, dead wrong. <laughs> maybe you wish there was. Yeah. But there isn't. Maybe, like Hernando says, you're just projecting. <laughs> you want to see an orgy in every episode. Yes. Um, yeah, it is a... It's a it's a really well-shot orgy. <laughs> well, they took the uh, different tack, I feel yeah. like. You know, the, the other one had a different vibe. It was more silly. Mm-hmm. Maybe too silly is not the word. Playful. It has the song. It's like a fun song. Yeah. This is more like a... Like, ooh, it's late night music. Yes, like, it's And, you know, everything's all blue and dark. And mm-hmm. Yeah, and of course, since it's all of them, they really are indulgently like, look, everyone at once. Yeah, like, rising it, it, it from honestly the ground. looks like almost like a, I don't know, like a painting. Yeah. Like all just, all these cluster, literally like a clusterfuck. <laughs> That's funny. It's a pun. Of bodies <laughs> uh, for the orgy scene. Um but what always makes me giggle is that because they can't help themselves, uh, Hernando and Lido go to the men's bathroom <laughs> to have sex in a bathroom stall. This is our place. And they're like, this is this is our spot. And it's really funny because clearly the stall must get bigger because you have to film all of these people smushed into that stall to do that orgy mm-hmm. scene. And it makes me laugh. But more importantly, afterwards, I know. they sit down they on the floor. They end up on the bathroom floor. And although it's a cute like black and white checkered floor, like guys, it's still a bathroom floor. Like Get your asses up from there. I've, I've never watched this with anyone that doesn't immediately switch from, uh, oh, how artistic to, get like, off ew. Floor. <laughs> get off the floor, guys. Um, Sanitary. Come but, on. Uh, that's that's a fun bit there, yeah. and I don't remember. Yeah, it's an orgy. You get everybody thing. involved; they're all there. Yeah, with some significant others thrown in there as well. Yeah, Amanita is there mainly. Amanita oh, is there. I was just gonna tell the story mm. that I fact checked on about how they got fined. Oh yeah. Uh, for great. the section in the public park in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not that much information on it, but it was reported that. There was a fine for location scout people of Sense8 uh, for their being nudity in this scene they filmed. And hilariously, someone told the press that uh, they were meant to be filming a sweet romantic scene and then someone got naked is how it was presented. (laughs) It seems like it was probably a little bit more intentional than that. So it looks like our sensei creators may have uh, snuck up to this hill and well, they got a permit, you know, for a nice, for sweet, scene. non-nude scene. And then they may have filmed snuck the nude scene anyway. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which 
you know, they got fined for it. Hey, but it still made it on screen. They got to keep it. So I guess yep. it worked out. And they're like, we'll pay the fine. Yeah. Not a problem. <laughs> um, it makes sense. It does look quite public when you look at it. Yeah, that that um, one actually stresses me out because I'm like, guys. Ah, you know, maybe park. maybe there's someone in the back if you look like watching. Yeah. Who knows? All the other senseis waiting for their <laughs> cue to jump in for the orgy. <laughs> but anyway, that's like. The bull birthday party orgy, every bit of that. Yeah. It just all feels sort of like. It's like a big momentous celebration. Yeah. Well, it's like, just, like for connection. the for the fans. Like yeah. this is, this is the character. These are the characters you liked, and you are the people that got the show to have some more episodes. Yeah. And like this is what you all came here for, almost. Yeah, and it's fun because it's like, like I said, like it's fun just watching it because they had to shoot it across so many different countries and locations, but like. It almost feels like you're watching a behind-the-scenes dance party. Like, mm-hmm. it just looks like the cast is having so much fun during yeah. those scenes. Um, like, it, it almost is just like... Again, I don't actually know specifically the logistics of how they shot some of these, but it, honestly, the way the vibe is, is it feels like we're just going to roll, and you guys have a dance party, and then we'll just kind of cherry-pick pieces. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there was obviously like probably a little bit more direction to it than that, but that's kind of the that's what it feels like as you're kind of walking in on like a legitimate party. It doesn't feel mm-hmm. staged. Um, and this is certainly the most indulgent bit yes. or episode of the show. Yeah, you could say that the series finale is, but at the same time, it spends quite a lot of its time trying very hard to wrap up a bunch of loose ends. Yep. So, like, it's only, if it's indulgent, it's only because it has to be. Mm-hmm. But this is very much like a big, long, extended break and enjoyment of just watching everyone enjoy each other and have fun. Mm-hmm. And, um... Like, I want to go to this birthday party. You know, not everyone... Maybe not the orgy <laughs> afterwards. Like, you do you, but, like... <laughs> I definitely want to go to this birthday party. Well, you know, not not everyone likes this aspect of Sense8, but it's one of the things that only Sense8 does. Yeah. Um, and they do it very well, too. Yeah. yeah. It is so character-based that it will jettison the plot occasionally to just hang out with the characters mm-hmm. and nothing important is happening. Yeah. Um, so that's 304, the last one. Not quite as dramatic, but it's basically Still the nice... emotionally potent. Yeah, the closure of the episode. I think the, the end of this episode, especially like the last 30 minutes, it's all very good. You mm-hmm. get like um, the scene with Leto and his mom, mm-hmm. uh, and the scene with Will and his dad. Mm-hmm. Then you have this big montage uh, with Hallelujah playing, oh, yeah. which is like such an obvious cliche song choice. It's so but cheating, it works but it works. <laughs> for some reason. I do like this this choir version. It's a little different than just, you know, guy on his own like it normally is. Yeah. Uh, and it sort of adds to that communal sensate idea. Mm-hmm. And it also just sounds kind of Christmassy. It really does. But um, it just works because at this point that song is the big obvious song choice, but Sensate is a big obvious emotional show, you know? Mm-hmm. And those scenes are really nice too. I feel like this is the biggest advantage of the whole two hour, you know, covering half the year Christmas special thing. Is you feel like you've watched them go through a lot and adjust to new settings in this last year, and then at the very end they get to kind of have this moment of grace whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. and uh you get like Lido going out with his now family reconciled you know he was worried about it family yeah, yeah and 
and Nomi and Omnita and everyone going out, and even Will getting to have his Ice little moment, you know, that they all get something. Before, of course, it does instantly <laughs> change tone because the scene with Whispers and uh, yeah, Joey Pants is right afterwards. so mad at him. It's like you're ruining a perfectly good moment, Whispers. Yeah. But, you know, you get to have the whole montage beforehand, so that's yeah. nice. Yeah, but it's sweet. I mean, even, like, Coffee is watching It's a Wonderful Life with his mom. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what kind of... I could be wrong with this, but I'm pretty sure that might be what kicks off, like, kind of the more Christmassy montage of all of them. Where it is, Where she's yeah. just like, why do you always like watching, like, this silly movie every year? And he's like, I think I just like it because it believes in people. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, that's a very, you know, emblematic statement of just what you're going to see next. It's just everybody just kind of coming together, being people and celebrating each other during the holiday. So, it's a nice moment. Plus, I mean, Wolfgang gets to draw, like, bad Santa, so that's fun. Evil <laughs> Santa. So good yes. times. But yeah, and then it ends with all of them kind of, like, looking up at the choir that uh, Nomi and Amanita are seeing. And then I mm-hmm. love that yeah. At the top of the stairs, you oh, have yeah. Angelica, like the literal, like almost angel. It's one of the finest Angelica appearances, I think. Yes. It, it really works with the whole vibe. <laughs> yeah, it really does. Um, so yeah. yeah, I really like it. It's good. And then obviously they have the intercutting fight sequence between Will, uh, Sun, and Wolfgang helping each other out. Yeah. And then it ends with like all eight of them like looking at the fallout of the fight. Look what you did, Wolfgang. Yeah. Oh, that does remind me. I haven't mentioned this. I could be wrong, but um, during the New Year's celebration where he's walking around with Felix, there is a someone with some vibrant hair. <laughs> yes, that is arm the arm with appearance another person. of of Lana with cameo of Lama, Lama. Tom. Yes. I'm not even gonna try to say his last name is this it time. Tom? I think it's Tom. Yeah. Really? Oh, I didn't know. Um, I recognize his haircut. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, Lana and Tom. Walk by camera. It makes sense. I think he's like the main Berlin director. Gotcha. Um, don't you know? Quote me if I'm wrong. Yeah. But it makes sense. Yes. And it's definitely uh, Lana, though. Yes, yes. <laughs> that hair is. is very distinct. Very, so. very cute there. And we should touch briefly upon the fact that in this final fight scene, um, there's a bit where essentially what looks like is what is happening is technically impossible. Yes. Um, and this is. In my opinion, uh, an attempt to just visually display the fact that they're getting better at this. But the big thing is probably when someone tackles Wolfgang, and then while he's trying to escape from the tackling, I think it's Sun or Will. You can see someone punching uh, somebody else. Yeah, like it hits one of the other guys in the background. Yeah. Which I think you could interpret as like, you know, that's the real him, and like the instant he got hit, he like broke out and hit the other guy, yeah. wherever you want to. I think it definitely threw a few people because they're very careful about this kind of thing. Yeah. But I think that's generally... I mean, they edit as they go, so I don't think it was an editing mistake. No. I mean, they, they might sneak in there yeah, every that's, now that's and That's the then. point of it. Well, well yeah. J. Michael Straczynski addressed it once. Yeah. I don't remember exactly what he said, but I think it was actually that, like, don't worry, it was on purpose. Yeah. And he never really clarified that much more about it. Mm. But basically, it is an artistic flourish as far as I can see. And makes it feel exciting because there's a lot going on at once on the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, sorry this is so long. No, uh, it's okay. We're still we're still under the actual episode. No, it's good. Yeah, this so is a should... very long episode. Yeah, we're hoping that the series finale will not end up in a two and a half hour long podcast. You never know. We try to avoid that. You never know. But, but we uh, should we should wrap it up and yeah, pick our favorite. We'll do our things. 
Okay, so who's the MVP? Something. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. That's uh. It's really freaking hard. I'm gonna count them who it isn't. You know, in my head. I. Um, it's not coffee, because he's not in it much. Yes. I. Oh, it's really hard. I'm debating between Son and Will. I think I might give it to Will just because of his phone call with his dad. Yeah. Like, Will's going through some shit right now, guys. And he is still moving the plot forward. It's a hard time for Will. It's a rough time. We didn't talk about Riley much just because in this episode her job is mainly to take care of Will. Give him his drugs. Which might seem a little like, oh, uh, you know, she's not doing much if it weren't for the fact that she is. She qu- just did quite a lot in the uh, season one finale. Also, it is <laughs> one of those things where um, we, it's again uh, the notion of we don't, we know there's a plan, we don't know what the yeah, plan is. Yeah. Like, she is doing more than you think she's actually doing mm-hmm. uh, in later episodes. But I think I'm going to give it to Will, just because it's rough. And he has had the most drastic change out of all the sensates after this season because of yeah. circumstances. Where, like, being a sensate is literally affecting his life uh, so much more than the other ones. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to give it to him. Also, That's his fair. voice cracking when he asks his dad if he's been drinking just, like, gets me every oh. time. I'm like, damn you, Brian, you good actor. <laughs> Plus, I really like his beard. <laughs> so, these are all very shallow reasons, but I, I think he has he gets a lot of good material. Uh, I don't I don't know. I might it's hard. just say uh, that I will give it to Riley for being the most underappreciated because she does take care of him the whole time. Mm. She doesn't get a lot of scenes to herself. Mm. Uh, I don't feel like I can choose from most of them. They, you know, this isn't really an episode that's about one of them. Yeah, it's about all of them. Um, it's too long for that. That's you know? true. There's too much that goes on uh, for all of them. But who would you who do you do for side character? Side character. This is hard because there's a lot of them in this. I want to like create a new category, not a new category, but just to upgrade one of them. Okay. Because I feel like Bug deserves to be called a side character now. Yeah. Uh, now that he's living with them, yeah. and I want to give it to him. Okay. Because my favorite part of the whole episode is when they ask him to come with them. To celebrate Christmas. Uh, to celebrate. It's it's the best bug moment, I think, in the show. Yeah. Oh, sweet. It's so sweet somehow. And I love what he says before that, where he talks about his friends on the internet, and it feels like a very obvious um, allegory for Sensei itself about... Uh, you know how he knows all these people really well, but they've never met. They've never met in person. <laughs> yeah, and Nomi's like, I think I understand. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was like really saying, Nomi one. looks very cute wearing that like little reindeer, reindeer glasses. Thing. Yeah. yeah, agreed. Uh, I'm gonna give it to Felix because I'm just so happy he's back, and I love that he just kind of fucks with Wolfgang. <laughs> That's a pretty great <laughs> when he wakes up, where he's just like, oh, I'm gonna kill myself if you keep doing these confessions to me. Yeah. And then also, you know, the just kind of the running commentary of being like, I'm a sidekick. Just kidding. Um, but he's also kind of self-aware of being like, no, I just got shot. I'm not going to get shot again, you yeah. know. And I mean, there's a lot of great, great sidekick stuff. Yeah. I mean, Jella's really great. Oh, yeah. And uh, Amanita's always great, you know. Yeah. Uh, even like Sun's prison friends are really sweet in I this know. one. I just think he has a little bit more material than the other. Yeah, ones, Felix so does because he's been out of commission. Yeah, and he now has. he's back. Oh, I really do like Jello though. But no, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Felix. And the anti MVP of sidekicks is Rajan. Yes. Well, we all know why. Yeah. It's the haircut and, and the also the presumptuous uh, talking to the mother, but mainly the haircut. Yeah, 
Here's a tip, friends. If you're on your honeymoon... Don't get a haircut. Don't get a haircut. Also, don't you dare call your mother-in-law <laughs> and ask about sex, because that is not cool. It's a weird move. Really, really not okay. Um, for one-off characters? One-off characters. Is Joey Pants a one-off character? Oh, I know, it's so hard. We never he's in it. I mean, this is like his most horribly... Oh, devastating awful. you know it's, it's just i am actually gonna try and be traditional with the one off okay, and okay. actually say leto's mom because i'm pretty sure she doesn't show up again and if she does she doesn't have nearly as big of a scene so. as anybody else well i'm not gonna give it to the italian doctor even though i really want to I because am. spoilers he does actually show up again i thought he might but i couldn't he remember. shows up in the finale of course he does yeah <laughs> i don't know how that's justified but i i don't even care i, I love it, it. <laughs> Um, um, but I'm, I'm actually going to give it to her just because it's a really well acted scene. Because I literally, upon first watching it, I did not know which way she was going to yeah. go with this news that you know her son is gay. And I love the way that it went, but I also love how dramatic she is. Because I'm like, oh, you look at her and you're like, Leto makes sense to me. Yes, <laughs> he's always made sense, but this just reinforces it. So. Well, I am going to give it to the Italian doctor. Well done. Um, because he's so great. His bedside manner is amazing. Yes. He's a horrible, horrible bedside manner, but he's so entertaining. And yeah, that's that's the characters. What's like your it. favorite scene of this two hours? Jesus. I mean, I'm just going to give it to the whole birthday celebration. Yeah. Just because in terms of like production level and just pure joy of watching it, I love it. I think that's the obvious If you choice. ever need to like a pick-me-up, watch this. Maybe cut out the orgy if you're in a work environment. <laughs> but like, it'll cheer you up. Plus the music choices are really good. Like the transitions, it's a lot of fun. My most painfully emotional scene, I think, is the last scene with Joey Pants. Yeah, that's rough. So I, I really do like the um, the discussion between Kala and Sen. Yes. Because the girls don't get paired up that much. They do mm. a lot more in season two, but this is like one of the f- first bigger pairings. Um, because, I mean, she did get paired with Kala earlier, and she has gotten paired with Riley. Well, a lot of, just in general, the pairings are very um, the opposite sex based a lot of the time yeah um with the exception of like leto and wolf yeah that's like that kind of sticks out for that reason because it feels like they're like you know they're bros special. or something yeah. <laughs> and you don't get that a lot really yeah so yeah uh, i really like that scene also but mm. uh in terms of like shot any shot from the opening when they're all swimming is amazing i love it yeah that's a good yeah it's a good one right it's there. a long ass episode but it's really it's good it's also I think it makes more sense in terms of when it was released because we literally hadn't had anything yeah. for like well over a year. So it was nice to get like a two hour special that is like, hey, here, let's just check in with everybody. There's obviously some consequences from season one. We're setting up stuff for two. It is very long, but it's also like a big celebration. So I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Are you good? I think so. Boom. Okay. Oh, we're still under two hours. I'm so proud of us. All right. All right I'm going to sign off. This has been Vicky. This Camden. And we will talk to you guys soon. Yes, right. in a much shorter fashion. Much shorter. Okay. Bye. Bye. If you guys liked our show, please let us know. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts.
podcast. And also feel free to contact us on our main website. That one is grumpyoctopusproductions.com. Then I'll link you up to all of our social media. You can follow us on Twitter and or like us on Facebook. And you can reach out to us at our email account. That is grumpyoctopusproductions at gmail.com. I think we're sensing a bit of a trend here. <laughs> um, also on the website, you guys can check out all of our episode and production notes and fun little extras as well. So, as always, thanks for listening, loyal listeners. Alrighty, signing off.